Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I have an amazing show for you guys today. Um, I'm super excited. I think this is a super relevant topic that I'm going to be talking about. Today's show and episode is titled To the Unknown God, Faith in Who? And so we're going to be exploring the idea of faith, um, hope, and belief, and the importance of faith. Um, and some of the questions um, I'm going to ask tonight, and some of the points we're going to hit on tonight is going to be, does it matter what God we pray to? The second question we're going to uh, tackle tonight is, is having faith to acquire or accomplish something more important than the God you have faith in. And then the last, not last, but least, you ask not, you have not because you ask not. This is a popular scripture that we often hear uh, centered around faith and things of that nature. Um, one of the reasons, um, and, and after, after we, as we tackle all of these questions and topics and things of that nature. I want to play uh, some commentary from Steve Harvey. Um, I'm not even sure if the Steve Harvey show is still a thing or whatever. What's up, Shonda? I'm not even sure if the Steve Harvey show is even still a thing or not, but I wanted to play some of the commentary from the Steve Harvey show uh, around faith, not to pick on Steve Harvey or anything like that, but one of the reasons why I wanted to play some of the commentary from Steve Harvey is because I believe this mindset and approach to faith has often um, began to be adopted by Christians and, and, and things of that nature. And I really want to encourage the body of Christ to, to have faith, but not faith misplaced. Um, and so I want to tackle some of these questions. Another one of the reasons why I wanted to have a conversation around faith is because just in my humble opinion and in my observation, faith has begun to be um, a topic that is often talked in church, but has become generic. And what I mean by generic, um, when we talk about faith, it's almost as if faith is more about us accomplishing and getting what we want than God getting what he desires. And at just having served in church and been in church my entire life and, and just around church culture, and one of the things that I've observed, especially over the last two or three years is Many, not just many people who profess to be Christians, but Christian leaders, Christian, um, uh, whether it be pastors, uh, worship leaders, uh, former Christian rappers. I mean, the list goes on. People who um, have had influence within the church in Christian circles no longer identify as Christians. And though this show isn't about who walked away from the faith or anything like that. 
one of the things I want to point out is, is that many people, there are many people, I believe there are many people right now serving in church in positions of leadership. Some of these people are pastors. Some of these people are worship leaders. Some of these people are choir members. Some of these people are laymen's um, evangelists or whatever the case may be. And they don't actually believe that Jesus is the only way. And listen, you're free to believe whatever you believe. Like I have, I have friends and people who are not Christians that I consider friends and we're able to respect each other's beliefs, have, um, uh, very respectful, uh, conversations about our beliefs and things of that nature and, and walk away loving each other. Um, but when you, there's a, there's a standard in church, when, when you come before the uh, people of God and when you are called to serve the people of God, and there's a standard that we as believers are to hold people to that are amongst us for the sake of the flock and protecting those who are part of the flock. But there are many people, I believe, that identify as pastors, worship leaders, and, and are active in Christian circles who do not believe that Jesus is the only way. They just happen to identify as, as Christians and Christianity just happens to be their religion of choice um, for various reasons. For, for many of these people, it represents a comfort zone. Um, it represents all they know. They've, they've grown up in, in church culture their entire life. And so they it's where they call home but when it comes to faith um there is not an exclusivity to jesus and so my and i believe this is one of the reasons why in the last two or three years we've seen multiple people coming out and not just people without influence these are leaders people who we considered as leaders in christian circles who no longer identify as christians and so what i want to do tonight is I want to talk about the importance of not just believing God for stuff or believing God for something, but the importance of having our faith in the true and living God. And some people might be like, man, how do you know your God is true and all of that, that good stuff? Uh, I'm going to get into that. <laughs> but um, I want to start off by playing some commentary from Steve Harvey um, as he talks about faith. And you guys can feel free to chime in and share your thoughts. Um, I don't plan to be on very long. I want to hit this and, and, and get straight to the point. But I want to share this commentary from uh, Steve Harvey on his show as he talks about faith. And I'm going to give some commentary in between. Um, um, as he talks, I'll probably pause the video and share some of my thoughts from a biblical perspective. And as y'all know, this is the Path of Revelation podcast. This is where the culture meets scripture. And so my goal is always to um, address cultural issues and um, the culture's take on things, but from a biblical lens, because I believe it's important for us to know what God feels about things and what he thinks about things, because I truly believe that we can't know who we are unless we know who God is, because it is God who created us. It is God who created us with purpose and design. 
and he knows his plans for us. So let's hop into uh, this interview um, or this uh, commentary from Steve Harvey from the Steve Harvey show. Let me get this off the screen and we go just chop it up. Listen to me. Talk to God often. Even if you're not perfect, just talk to him every day. You don't have to be in the same faith I'm in or you ain't got to call God the same thing I call it. But listen to me, you do have to call him though. It's not- All right, I'm gonna stop right there. <laughs> does, it, does it matter what we call God? Does it matter who we pray to? And when, when, I, when I hear uh, Steve Harvey say, say what he just said, one of the first things I think of is the life of Jesus, right? Um, and this is the question that I'll ask you guys. Either Jesus was lying or he was telling the truth. Either Jesus is Lord or a liar. <laughs> and when I think about this, one of the questions that comes to mind, and hear me good when I say this, hear me good when I say this, just follow me. Don't, don't, don't lose me. Don't, don't stone me. Don't stone me yet, at least. <laughs> but one of the questions that I, I think of when I hear this is, did Jesus live, endure temptation and suffering, be crucified where he's on the cross for over nine hours before even going to the cross, he was beat with with a cat of nine tails with meat with metal and sheep bones where it tore his flesh from his body then he went to the cross and hung on the cross for nine hours willingly and rose from the grave and listen here's the interesting part about this jesus said no man takes my life i lay it down willingly and so did Jesus go through all of what he went through and rise from the grave just for us to say it doesn't matter what God we pray to? I'm just throwing it out there. Apostle Paul says something so powerful. He says, if Christ is not risen from the grave. We just came out of celebrating the resurrection like two weeks ago. And some of the same people who don't even believe Jesus is the same, it's the, it's the only way we celebrate, just celebrating resurrection or were they not celebrating resurrection? Who knows? You know, sometimes people just go with the flow to fit in. But did Jesus go through all of these things just so we can pray to whoever we want to pray to? And Paul said, if Christ be not risen from the grave, then our preaching and our teaching is in vain. And so because he rose from the grave, we can take him at his word that he is who he said he is. And in John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except through me. And he also says, if, if you try to come another way, 
If you try to enter in another way, you are a thief and a robber. Listen, this is his word. These are harsh words, but this is what Jesus said. Even when we look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, this is what Jesus says. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. This is crazy. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And so Jesus is pointing out something to us. He's saying the way that leads to destruction is easy. Don't let people try to get you to believe that God is like a buffet, like going to a buffet, that you can go to a buffet and choose the God that suits you most. Like it don't work like that. Some of us don't like when people call us out of our names and mistake and, and mistake us for someone else or, or not give us credit for our hard work and our efforts. Yet we don't think God is offended when we call him by the wrong name. Yet we don't think God is offended when we give his glory to someone else. That's not how it works. That 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 would be that would be implying that we have a higher standard than God. And so no, yes it does matter what God we pray to and the only reason why I'm one of the reasons, and, and again, this is not to jump on Steve Harvey or anything, but one of the reasons why I wanted to use him is because he talks about God often. And I know Steve Harvey has a, a uh, following with, he has built a following within the church. He has built a following within the church. I want to point something else out about what he's saying, because what Steve just said, it doesn't matter what God we pray to. He 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 um, is explicit about that. But I want to point something else out. I want to look at Acts chapter 17 real quick. Just bear with me because I'm going somewhere with this. And this is and we're going to hop right back into the video and hear what else. Uh, Pastor Steve, or I'm just joking. We go hear what else uh, Steve Harvey has to say about God and faith. But I want to look at Acts chapter 17 real quick, because we're still dealing with it doesn't matter what God you pray to um, <clears throat> and, and things of that nature. And one of the questions, the other questions that I asked was, is having faith to acquire or accomplish something more important than the God you have faith in? And so we're still dealing with all of this. But when we look at Acts chapter 17, we're going to start at verse 16, and I want to give you guys context of what's actually happening here in Acts chapter 17 before I read it. And so in verse 16, what, 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 ha what just happened is Paul is just arriving in Athens, and he's waiting. He's waiting for Timothy and Silas to meet him in Athens. And as he's in Athens, let's check, let's watch what he says. In verse 16, it says, Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked 
within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace, which is the streets, not just in the synagogue, but in the streets as well. And in the marketplace every day with those who happen to be there. Verse 18, some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. And some said, what does this babbler wish to say? So they're like, man, he just babbling. What is he trying to say? Others said he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Now, what here? here's what's crazy about this. Here's what's crazy about this. They're calling him crazy for preaching Jesus and coming at him uh, for preaching Jesus. But we just read in verse 16, they were cool with all the other idolatry of false gods. But notice how when he began to preach the true and living God, the, the risen Christ, they got offended even though they were cool with worshiping multiple gods. It's something about the, um, when, when people are influenced by the enemy and people have demon, demonic possession and influence over their life, the truth of the gospel, even though it is peace and, and good news, it, it rubs some people the wrong way. And so they called him a babbler and they said he seems to be, verse 18, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection verse 19 and they took him and brought him to the Areopagus or Mars Hill saying may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting so though some people were saying he was babbling some of them was interested enough to say hey I want to hear about this verse 20 for you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Verse 21. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. So in other words, what Paul is letting us know, what the scriptures is letting us know, these people had itching ears. They, they gravitated to new philosophies and doctrines. They were always itching to hear something new, something new and deep and philosoph uh, deep and philosophical and spiritual. And this is why many people even today fall for false teachers and false prophets. Because people always want to hear something that sounds good and fits them. And so Paul is saying, is, is giving reason to why there are so many idols in this place and how they have itching ears. And so they, he was like, now all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. Verse 22. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus or on Mars Hill, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. 
Verse 23, for I passed along and observed the objects of your worship. I found also an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. So this is what Paul's saying. He's like, it's not cool to pray to any God. He's, he's saying, no, this God is not unknown. In other words, you can't insert your God here um, for your comfort and your and, and for your satisfaction. This God has a name. And he says, this God that you worship as an unknown, I am here to proclaim him to you and let you know who he is. So there is no mistaken identity. See, we don't want our identity mistaken, but why is it we're okay with God's identity being mistaken? As if the God of the universe who puts breath in our lungs and calls us by name doesn't want us to call him by name. Come on, somebody. And so what Paul is saying, he said, goes on to verse 24. He says, um, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Verse 25, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Verse 26. Now, here, here's, here's where it gets specific to you. Verse 26. And he made from one man, referring to Adam, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they, listen, that they, verse 27, that they should seek God and perhaps feel perhaps you that you may feel your way toward him and find him yet he is actually not far from each one of us now check this out God is not hiding God purposely put you in the family that you grew up in he put, purposely put you in the city that you grew up in, in the neighborhood that you grew up in. And wherever you are, God puts you right where you are with the intention of you finding him. And the scripture goes on to say in verse 28, in him, we live, move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, a image formed by the art and imagination of man. See, this is what a lot of people want us to think is that we can create a God out of our own imagination. If your God always agrees with you, if your God is always in agreement with you, then you may be the God that you're serving. 
the God that you're serving may just be yourself. And so he says in verse 30, and this is a loving warning to you guys. In verse 30, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Verse 31, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead, Jesus. Verse 32, now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst, verse 34, but some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysus, the Arapagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. And so to the unknown God, he's not unknown. He has made himself known throughout history. And so we don't have to, we don't have to guess or 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 try to figure this thing out because history testifies of the life of Jesus um not just biblical history but secular history will tell the story that he is risen and that he lives even when you look at the naysayers in the time that Jesus walked the earth and uh, and, and even in the times of his followers, they would call him a magician and mock him and say, you know, who is this man and, and, and things of that nature. But I want you guys to understand. I want you guys to understand that God knew you before you were even a thought in the mind of your parents. He has a purpose and a plan for you, and he wants you to call him by name. And his name is Christ Jesus. But uh, let's look at Let's uh, listen to, I know I went on a huge tangent, but I had to get that off. But let's uh, hop into the rest of this Steve Harvey clip so we can continue. And I'm actually almost done. I shouldn't be taking that much longer. But yes, yes, sir. Let's get it in. make your life easy. I made a t-shirt one time that said, faith don't make it easy. Faith makes it possible. All you want All right now, to talk that talk, life. Steve. You know, I've been I'm going joking. through a lot lately. Somebody sent me a plaque. You know what it said? It said, on the days that I feel like I'm not going to make it, on the days that it feels like I can't endure anymore, I think back on my track record for surviving all my bad days. And so far, surviving all my bad days, my track record is 100%. Come on, talk that talk, Steve. That's pretty good. Now, I have some tough moments. This lady's right about something. It ain't about the money. I know a lot of very, very rich people that's miserable. Hey, listen, I, I want to I make something clear, too, while y'all hearing this. I'm all for inspiration. I don't want y'all to think that this is a show to be a Debbie Downer, uh, to keep you in a, in a rut, and for you to feel depressed and, and all of this stuff. I just simply, um, when we hear things of this nature, when we hear people talking about God and the scriptures, like we have to have a higher reverence for God and his word. And so a big part of that is not 
taking scriptures and making them mean what we want them to mean. Like when the writers of the Bible wrote these scriptures, they, they're not just writing these scriptures to be like catchphrases or Facebook posts. But when you when we read the scriptures, there is context and reasoning behind each scripture that we hear um, or quote. And so context, you know, a lot of people say context is king. Context is king and key to understanding God's intent when the Holy Spirit was moving on the hearts of the writers. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I want y'all to be encouraged and everything, but let's continue listening. Not happy at all. I can bet you most of you are happier than most of the people I know. And I know some very, very wealthy people. And money don't make you happy. It helps you through a lot of situations. You know the only thing about money? Money takes all emergencies and turns them into mere inconveniences. That's what money does. Really, other than that, it, it's, it's I want, a lot to come. I still with. want some, Steve. But if that's your desire <laughs> to get more of it, you got to ask God for it. If you want to be happy or successful, you got to ask God for it. Most people don't have the life of their dreams because you don't ask God for it. The scripture says you have not because you ask not. It's a very simple scripture. But listen to me. If you up your ask, he will up his guilt. If you change what you ask God for, he immediately changes what he gives to you. It's a scripture that's available for everybody. It's not just for rich people. Do you? All right. Let's stop right there. I want to take a look at what he just said. He, he just quoted James chapter four. And, and basically, I've heard preachers talk about this scripture and quote it within the same context. Basically, what he just said is, he quoted James four and three that says you have not because you ask not. And then he goes on to say, when you up your ask, God will up his give. In other words, within the context of what Steve is saying, when you ask whatever you ask God for, he's going to give it to you. Whatever you ask God for, you have to have the faith enough to ask God for it. And there could be some truth to that. But the problem with how he just put it is it positions us to make God a genie. For example, in Psalms chapter 37, verse four, it, which is also a scripture that's often quoted where it says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But the entire scripture in, in, in Psalms 37, verse four says, delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you look at the word delight, it means to take pleasure in the Lord. It means to take pleasure in the things that God takes pleasure in. And what happens when we begin to take pleasure in the things that God takes pleasure in, God begins to change our hearts. He begins to transform our hearts. He begins to take out desires that are not like him and replace them with his desires for us and his plans for us. He begins to take out unforgiveness and replaces it with forgiveness. And uh, he takes out bitterness and replaces it with peace and things of that nature. And then it says, he, then he will give you the desires of your heart. But what Steve just did was he quoted James chapter four, verse three, where he says, if you have not asked, not just ask God, if you want more money, ask God for more money. 
But I'm here to tell you something. Let's look at James chapter four real quick. And what I want to do is I want to look at the context of James chapter four so we can actually understand the intent of the writer and what he was actually saying to us. And I want to start. So right now, let's look at verse three. Here's verse three. He just said he just quoted verse three, but he didn't quote all of verse three. Like many people who quote it, don't quote all of it. It says you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. And this is where most preachers and motivators stop and everybody just starts shouting, man, I got to ask. I got to ask. But he says you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. What does he mean by asking wrongly? To spend it on your passions. In other words, you're selfish. Sometimes we're selfish. This is why when we look at uh, Luke 9, verse 23, we're still going to stay here in James 4, but I want to reference this while I'm talking about this. This is why when we look at Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 24, one of the prerequisites primary prerequisites to following Jesus is what Jesus says in verse 23 and 24. He says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. See, this is a part of taking pleasure in the Lord and what he takes pleasure in. Man, I got to deny myself to be able to take pleasure in the things of God. He says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Verse 24, for whosoever will save his life will lose it. And whoever is willing to lose his life will save it. See, this kind of goes back to the last show where I talked about doing the right thing doing the right thing sometimes is uncomfortable and requires discipline and self-denial isn't it something how sin is always convenient some of the worst decisions we've ever made in our lives felt great in the moment some of the worst decisions like some of us have children with people we like man how did that happen <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have did that. I love my child. <laughs> I'm probably I'm talking to somebody, but listen, we have to be willing to deny ourselves. So when we look at James chapter four, the context it starts off with verse one. Let's start off with verse one, and the title of this is "Warning Against Worldliness." Verse one says, and we're still talking about you have not because you ask not. This is the context of it. He says, "What causes?" quarrels and what causes fights among you is it not this that your passions are at war within you your verse 2 your desire you desire and do not have so you murder you covet and cannot obtain what does covetous mean what does it mean to covet Covet means to desire something that someone else has. It's a form of jealousy and envy. Like this is what a lot of social media is made up is made up of people coveting at, after each other, showing off what they have and, you know, throwing it in other people's face because nobody's really happy. 
So you have to prove that you're happy, even though you're not really happy. And so he says, what you desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask not and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Verse four, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? That word enmity means hatred. What is the world? The world is a system that is anti-Christ and anti-God, self-seeking, self-serving. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter what God you, you worship. You can have faith, but it doesn't matter what God you worship. It is a system that is anti-God. He says, do you not know when you start thinking like them, that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world system makes himself an enemy of God. This is the context of you have not because you ask not. What he's dealing with is you're asking with the wrong motive. So we can be specific about what we're believing God for and what we're asking God for, but we can't be but we can't be specific about the God that we're asking. That's crazy. And so God is challenging us to to call him by name and surrender and deny ourselves and repent of our sins. For now is the time when you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Jesus did not endure the cross for you to worship Allah. Jesus did not endure the cross for us to just worship our own a, a God of our own imagination. But he proved himself when he went to the cross and he got up. He got up. They can't find his bones. They can't find his DNA on the earth because he is risen like he said he is. And so one of the things we have to realize is that the enemy will actually, when we ask God, he's dealing like back in, in James 4, he's, he's dealing with our, our, um, our motives for why we ask for things. But the reality is the enemy will allow you, the devil, your adversary, as the Bible talks about, will allow you to accumulate things. The enemy doesn't mind if you're famous and successful because many of the things that God is like, man, I'm not giving that to you because you're, you're putting that before me. He'll allow the enemy to give you these things because they serve as a distraction from the Lord. Like I'm reminded of Jesus in Matthew four, one of the temptations that Jesus faced in the wilderness in Matthew four was the enemy brought him to a high, um, um, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, if you bow down and worship me, it's all yours. And this is one of the reasons why we see Jesus <clears throat> later writing in the scriptures, what does it profit a man? to gain the world, but lose his soul. What does it profit a man to gain the world, but lose his soul? And so when we talk about faith, let's not, let's not talk about a generic faith. Let's talk about who our faith is in. It's okay to have hopes and dreams and desires. 
and things that you want to accomplish. It's okay to go back to school and get a degree. It's okay to start a business and have, have a desire to be successful. But in our desires to, to accomplish and, and achieve, we have to be willing to lay down everything for the sake of Jesus Christ. We have to be willing to lay down everything at the foot of the cross. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Lord, what, would you, what do you have for me? For you knew me before the foundations of the earth. And I know that I was created with a purpose. And God is not hiding. I heard somebody um, say at a, at a conference that I was at something that was so profound and powerful. This person said that when a person really desires truth, truth will find them. And one of the things that often happens, um, John 3.16 talks about it, actually. We always, we always quote John 3.16, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And this is a truth. But when you continue reading, it talks about how many times we intentionally reject the truth because we don't, we, we, it's more comfortable to remain in darkness. It's more comfortable and easy to be selfish. It's, it's, it's easy to be self-seeking. It's easy to, to seek our way and our desires above God. Um, but he talks about how in John, how a lot of times humanity intentionally rejects truth when it's presented because they don't want to be accountable for their sins. They, there's a pride in us that does not want to admit when we're wrong. This is why Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. And so I want to encourage you guys tonight as you purpose to walk in faith, because I think one of the things that has happened is it's almost as if faith we've even made as humans, we specialize in creating idols. And it's crazy because it seems like we've even made faith an idol when we can talk about faith, but you don't have to be specific in the God that you're talking about. And I'm not just talking about having self-confidence and believing in yourself, but believing God for something or believing God to do something in your life. He is not an unknown God. And what I want you guys to walk away from tonight or this episode with is a desire to seek after God and to desire God more than any earthly treasure. Paul said in Colossians chapter three, verse two, set your affections. Come on, somebody set your affections on things above, not things on this earth. He also writes that this life is but a vapor. You're here today and gone tomorrow. 
one of the mistakes that we often make is we put more emphasis on the vapor that's here today and going tomorrow than we do on our eternal state, on eternity. We're going to be here and going tomorrow. We're all going to die one day. I'm looking in the camera right now. I'm looking at all this gray on my beard. <laughs> and I'm reminded often by Facebook memories from five years ago, three years ago, where I even have this much gray in my beard. My, my hairline wasn't starting to recede and different things like that. But as the writer, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, I die daily. And what he was saying is every day is a step closer to the grave. Every step, every day is a step closer to the end. And yes, we have to make the most of our time while we're here. But, but the reality is we're not always going to be here. And, and, and when this life ends, there is, there is an eternity that we, each of us will be stepping into. <clears throat> the Bible says it is, is, it is appointed unto man to die. Then the judgment, each and every one of us is going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account for our lives and what we did with the, with his precious blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. And we're going to give an account for our lives. And it's either going to be, I, I received him as my Lord and savior, or I chose my way. I chose my will. And just the thought of him, yet while I was in sin, Christ died for me. Yet while you were in sin, he died for you. So you would not have to spend eternity outside of God's grace and mercy and his peace, everlasting peace. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15 as well. It doesn't just say one day we're going to die, but it also says one day this corruption is going to put on incorruption. There's going to be a day one day where you don't have where I don't have gray in my beard. There's going to be a day one day where I don't have to put deodorant on. See, all of these things that we have to do to upkeep our bodies, exercise, diet, all of these things are indications that we are one step closer to the grave because our bodies are decaying. How do I know? Wake up one morning and don't brush your teeth. Wake up one morning and don't take a shower. Wake up one morning and do not put on deodorant. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all will be walking around smelling like a, a, a Whopper cheeseburger. Some of y'all will <laughs> walk around smelling like uh, White Castle burgers because we have to upkeep this body because this body is decaying. And so these are all signs of the fall. All of these things testify that the word of God is true. And listen, just because we're dying one day, that does not mean you have to live hopeless because we have hope, not just in this life, but in the life to come. Praise be unto God who causes us to triumph. And thank you to, to the God of heaven who gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for our sins. My prayer is that if you do not know him, that you will repent of your sins. We, we, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is not one person who was without sin. And so all of us needs a savior. And it's just simple as repenting and saying, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. God, forgive me for my sin and just mean it in your heart. I'm going to trust you to be my Lord and savior. And listen, when you mean, mean that, when you truly repent and put your faith in the savior, the Bible lets us know that you are saved. You have stepped from death into life. And so. 
this is the hope that we have in him. I pray that you were blessed by today's uh, conversation episode. Listen, if if you know anyone that this will bless, listen, this show will be released tomorrow on all digital outlets, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can listen right now, listen back on Facebook as well as YouTube. But listen, share this with somebody. Make sure you go to Path of Revelation, um, pathofrevelationnow.com. Please leave your prayer requests. Also leave suggestions for future shows. I appreciate you guys rocking with me and listening. And listen, this is where the culture meets scripture. God bless y'all. Y'all have a good night.